and welcome to Geek Space Nine, the discovery and or rediscovery of the classic Star Trek series, Deep Space Nine. With me, as always, is Sarah Becker. Hello, Sarah. Hi, everyone. And Peter. Hey, guys. How's it going? And I am Ben. So, today we are, we watched uh, episode, season one, episode nine, and episode ten called The Passenger and Move Along Home. So first up is The Passenger, which is your classic thing I imagine will happen a lot in Deep Space Nine, which is uh, a bunch of shenanigans comes to the Deep Space Nine and they have to help solve it. In this case, it is a criminal that uh, named... Ooh, I don't remember his name. What was his name? God, I could just watch this yesterday. Uh, yeah, this is getting off to a very good start. That Vantica. We're great, aren't we? <laughs> I have it in front of me, and I didn't. Uh, that this criminal named Vantica, who's being chased by this woman, Kajda, who's been chasing him for something along twenty years. We find out that he's this person who's, I guess, afraid of death. They not really say why, but he's been prolonging his life through various illegal means all these years. Uh, they arrive. He seems to be dead, but. Kajda believes. Otherwise, eventually we discover he has mind-melded, put his consciousness through a very complicated series of events into Dr. Bashir. No! And then we get a nice little conflict where we decide to kill Dr. Bashir or not. And mumbo-jumbo, they kill the guy. So, what do we think Mm -hmm. of The Passenger? Yeah, it was fine. I'll be honest, it took me um, a little while to figure out that um, Dr. Bashir had been taken over by this guy. That was a nice little twist in there. Although, of of course, once they talked about physical contact, I was like, wait a minute, he tried to choke Dr. Bashir at the beginning. Yeah, like at the very beginning. Like when, yeah, when he said, keep me alive, like he was literally like, you will keep me alive because I know exactly Uh, what I'm doing. I didn't think of that line. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it's, uh, I thought the Kajda was going to be him for the longest time. I thought that was going to be the interesting twist that he had uh, Me too. basically I it was taken gonna over be... her brain, the guy who was chasing all this time. It was going to be kind of tragic, but it was a little more science-y, more Star trek than that. But I mean, that's yeah. pretty weird and out there, too. So. <laughs> I thought it was going to be the new security officer who was on board. Um, oh, yeah, we get but... Yeah, I'm glad it wasn't because that would have been too easy. It's like, oh, well, there's a new person on board, so clearly he must be the bad guy. And let's just run over him with the bus five times. <laughs> <laughs> right, I always hate that. I mean, that well, my look, I liked Monk. I don't know why. It's just a good. I had fun. Monk right? was a great show. <laughs> it's a great, yeah. it's a fun show. I don't know. why I feel defensive about Monk, but uh, maybe it's because one of those USA shows that kind of like made USA kind of ridiculous for a while. But Monk was at least one of the good ones, I think. And uh, the end of that show, the whole thing is like, who killed his wife? Who killed his wife? And then the last episode, they just introduced a new character. Like, yeah. Really? Monk is one of those shows like, that I, I never finished and I don't really plan to. But I still yeah. was, you know, invested enough that I'm, I want to know what happens. Yeah, it's it's... It's really frustrating because it's just like he had a lot of like enemies would show up a couple times. You know, he had like Dale the Whale and other characters. So it's like, eh, it's just craziness. Oh, come on. <laughs> That's disappointing. Yeah. So, 
that my point being, yeah, I hate when shows do that. But it's just like, I'm new character. I'm going to be on forever. You know, like, sure. Which is, of course, a kind of joke about Star Trek in general with the Richards. But, uh, yeah. No, we, we actually got to see uh, the, that security officer back, which I'm kind of glad. I like Odo having that, that guy to bounce off of. Mm-hmm. He had a good exchange yeah. with him and move along home. Yes, some, some, someone besides um, fucking uh, Quark. Exactly. <laughs> Their freneminess is becoming intense. I wonder if there's like slash fiction of them online because they are. Oh, there must oh, there be. It has, has to be, right? I'm on like, it. <laughs> they are so Sam and Diane, like, bickery couple. You're just like, just make yes. it out of Jesus. Yeah, it's 2016 in the, in like, and we are deep into the age of technology and fan fiction and, and all that jazz. I mean, I mean, we have like fucking Fifty Shades of Grey, which is essentially fan fiction of Twilight, so, I, so there has to be slash fan fiction of those two. <laughs> and I will find it, and that will be our next episode. Just oh, dear God. <laughs> the dirtiest one possible. Um, yeah, I thought this episode was okay, too. Um, it wasn't super interesting. I think the part of the problem is there's just so much like convoluted technobabble stuff that uh, there's some interesting ideas in here I'm always fascinated by people who are afraid of death and do anything to not die uh-huh. I think it's kind of cool that like by the end he's turned into just tiny little globules and like that's all that's left of him and she just blows it up with a phaser <laughs> like I was so happy about that <laughs> like, 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 she's like, my custody right like I, I, I forget which Indiana Jones movie it was. I want to say it was Temple of Doom. I think like at, at, at the at the very at the very end where where it's where like where they they at least visually set it up. It's like okay, Indiana is gonna have this like is gonna have this semi drawn out fight with the guy with the whip and and with the, with the, with the guy who has like a sword, whip or, a sword or whatever. Yeah, and, and, it's and, uh, Raiders. And yeah. Okay, yeah, thank you. Raid is the lost star. Thank you for correcting me. Um, and, so, and so and so instead and so instead of like pulling out his wick to fight, Jones is like, you know what? Put it away. Just shoot him. Done. <laughs> I, like, I don't have time too. for this. Like, I'm not. This guy's such an asshole. <laughs> like, it's just it's like it's like after everything I dealt with for like, over the past like hour and a half, I really don't have time for this mess. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly and that's exactly what Kadaja did. She was like, I've been chasing this man for 20 years, and and for the first time ever, I have him in a tiny little computer box. Just shoot mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, it's that's the thing for me though. Is like I think there's some interesting thematic stuff here about being afraid of death, but the guy never kind of mentions it. It's just like it's more of just a plot reason for why he keeps. I mean, I think they've more thought of like, wouldn't it be interesting if one of the main crew became the bad guy for a little bit, right. which is interesting. Yeah. But I think the way they got there was just really complicated and not very satisfying to me thematically. Yeah, and I mean, they did talk about um, the Kobliad race needing um, some particular element. I've forgotten what it is, but they need it to survive because they're dying for some reason that they didn't really explain very well. Duridium. Yeah, I kind of missed that. Yeah. Oh, and, that's right. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm um, um, on the Memory Alpha summary of the episode. The Kobliads are a dying species and need Duridium to stabilize their cell structures. Even with new deposits discovered in the Gamma Quadrant, the demand far outstrips the supply, so it makes sense that Vantico would want to steal a supply for himself. But um, that really didn't seem to play very much into Vantica's particular fear of death. Or whatever it was, they just kind of made that an interesting, you know, interjection, and then left it for the rest of the episode. 
Yeah, I'll agree because because they because they mentioned that and like and it's not something that I'm particularly concerned about or like or need to know the answer to. But for like half a second, I was like, how did I was like I was I was like, how did the Kobliads even get to this point in in their species history where they needed this element simply to survive? Like, what brought them to this point anyway? Yeah. No, exactly, and I think the she was a Kobliad too herself. So, if I'm not mistaken. So again, it's part of the Something thing. Like, like that, it could have been a little bit more drawn out, like where she's more accepting of their kind of doomed species, and he's not. And what does that mean? Again, like I think there's more interesting elements here, but I think we spent so much time in sort of a mm-hmm. Scooby Doo esque mystery of uh, well, who's doing what. And it's like a tiny microchip that's under the nail, and that microchip has brainwaves, and it's just like it's very, very. Almost felt like a CSI episode. <laughs> it's like, let's get as like deep into like the the detective work as possible and the nitty grittiness of, of yeah. spy sci-fi detective work. Which now that I think about it, why haven't they ever made CSI space? <laughs> it's the only logical conclusion for them to go to next. Yeah, I give it fifteen years when like when when space when space is like more of a pop of a plot like sp- like space travel like deep space travel is more of a plausible thing and they'll eventually do that because because I mean because because doesn't CSI currently have like a cyber offshoot of itself? It just ended, but yeah, oh, they just have ended one for for a little while. Okay, well, yeah, there you go. So I mean, like, like they just did that. So like so so give them at least a little bit, and then they'll be like, okay, now okay now we're gonna go into space, kind kind of kind of like what uh, Call of Duty is doing now. <laughs> Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. We're going into space, guys, and everyone was just it's like, just, uh, "We hate you." I, I wanted to come up with like a, a line for like, "What is?" I feel like whenever a franchise that starts not in space that then goes to space, what after they, that? That is like the moment it goes downhill. And yeah, Leprechaun went to space, <laughs> and Jason Voorhees went to space, and then eventually uh, Brave Little Toaster, yes, went to space. Okay, oh, actually, I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. That was okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> there actually was a um, a Land Before Time film. They didn't go to space, but it was implied that two of the dinosaurs in there were aliens. <laughs> oh, but oh. the thing is, the franchise kept going after that, and not necessarily for the good. But that was <laughs> like what the seventh or eighth movie, I think. And there's fourteen. <laughs> well, Leprechaun is because he goes to space and then he goes to the hood. Like it seems like a, a complete downgrade. He went oh, to space. <laughs> By the way, just to confirm for all you curious listeners out there, there is in fact Odo and Quark slash fiction. I have found it. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh boy, I don't. I don't, uh, yeah, about Odo is, I don't think I this know. is anything I'm going to read. I just wanted you to know it was there. Oh, okay. yeah, just, just I might. I might read just to find out what they think um, for shapeshifter sex is like. Yeah, what <laughs> oh, shapeshifter God. sex is like. I didn't even <laughs> think about that. Oh, it's no. a weird fascination over like flipped science fiction for aliens. Oh, yeah, with their ongoing like, list. What do they think sex with that alien is like? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when it doesn't look human, like Garrus from Mass Effect. I was kind of like, what do they think he looks oh, yeah. like? You know, <laughs> like how he has sex. So, yeah, I might have to... It's like a ditto for Pokemon. Just anything you want me to be. Oh. Oh, Lord. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. (laughs) yeah. (laughs) This episode is real off the rails. I love it. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, um, 
No, what did you think of? Uh, what did you think of? Uh, I don't remember the actor's name. Uh, the guy who plays Bashir. Uh, Alexander Siddig's performance as Evil. We gotta. He's always usually kind of a quiet, uh, charming guy. How do you think of Evil Diddig? I think he, he does evil pretty well. Um, actually, I've always thought that he just physically reminds me a little bit of the guy, gentleman who plays um, Gaius in Battlestar Galactica. Oh, and yeah, uh, so to see uh, this actor being someone, you know, slightly evil or, you know, arguably actually evil, it was like, yes, the, the Gaius in you is coming out. I like this. Uh, this one is Benjamin Sisko and Odo and Odo and Cork. Oh boy, this is this is, oh, a, this is a dark hole. Farther into it, this is deep dark hole. Uh, I'm turning that off. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I quite enjoyed uh, Evil Bashir. Um, he was he was fun. You're right. He has that kind of Gaius uh, style. It makes me wonder if he was doing the Gaius thing of like, trying to hide something. If he yeah. would do that quite well, because it was always the fun part about Gaius. He's always one step behind everybody and <laughs> trying right. his best to get back up yeah. and not be figured out. And I'm sorry, but uh, but like his like stereotypically speaking, like the the man's accent also kind of like lends to him like I am evil. Why? Because I do not speak with an American accent. I am British. Exactly. <laughs> and you're just like, uh, we're falling into this trap. But okay. It's it's the Star Wars effect, man. You know. Yeah. You gotta have a British villain. Yeah, American villain. I mean, just... we just saw it with Star Trek Beyond with Idris Elba. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Bunch of Americans fighting a British guy. Yeah, Benedict hmm. Cumberbatch really is Khan, even though oh. he was oh originally God, yeah. very much not British. He oh, was at all. Yeah. Mexican. Thankfully, we got, a... <laughs> Thankfully we got very uh, um, American Eric Bana. That is true. Trek. Yes. Yes. We did get that. They started out well. <laughs> well even Ricardo Montalban had a weird, almost... British accent. I don't know what he was doing. His accent is bizarre. Wrath of Khan. I love it though. So I don't know if there's yes, much else to say. Uh, just, is there anything else to really uh, talk about on this one? I will. I, I will. I will say. I, I will say at, at the at the end when when when, uh, when Kajada um, when when Kajada like just shoots um, a Vant- Vantacar's container and just just and just destroys it. I am so glad that like she shot it and then just she shot it, looks at them and just walks out doesn't say anything doesn't try to have a one-liner nothing it's just like boom looks at them you know exactly what i did and just leaves like yeah. if she had tried to say anything it would have ruined the moment right right no that's that's very true and i enjoyed her performance with the episode uh, it's tough to be um against everybody and not kind of be whiny almost but uh she she did well portraying like i've been following this guy for 20 years he always gets away till like, i, I kill him works. yes until I was... burn every scrap of his body down, he is alive to me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to be sure. Yeah, it was it was kind of weird for me, actually. I watched this episode yesterday, but then this morning I watched um, the most re- recent episode of Black Mirror called White Christmas, where oh, they one. have the, uh, the well, the, the mind cookies, basically, where it's a person's consciousness and a little small chip and then that chip goes into this egg looking thing and it's basically a person's consciousness or a replica of a person's consciousness stored in this egg and um they they don't make a point of destroying any of these eggs but it reminded me of uh vantica's consciousness being stored in that little frisbee looking thing and then it just got destroyed i don't know (laughs) 
I, well, uh, I, was, I was having flashbacks to Deep Space Nine when I was watching uh, that episode this morning. No, it's Actually, true, and it's a similar idea where it's not the same consciousness in a sense, like it's not the person, because mm-hmm. he does die from what I understand this episode. Yes. But yeah, he had yeah, a backup of himself. And, and his and fingernails. Actually, it's a horcrux. <laughs> and, and, and actually, and now that you mentioned that, with with, with like like they're kind of being being brought like being brought into this egg, um, it it reminds it reminds me of, of this uh of this anime I, I watched last year called um called um bear bear with me bear with me with the name uh Puella Magi Madoka Magica, um it's okay. it's 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 this really strangely intense uh, anime that 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 take that takes the that takes the magical girl Sailor Moon um tropes and like totally turns it on its head um but the, but 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 the point but the point that i'm focusing on is how ha- is how is how when is how when uh, when these girls decide to become magical girls they all everything they are their soul goes into this tiny little capsule and that's their person their bot their body which which becomes stronger is now just a shell so if, so if they're so if this little capsule is separated from their body their shell just goes like just, just goes like mannequin like nothing that's so, interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, 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 so I mean, it, it's 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 interesting that, that it's interesting that, that that we have these different that we have these different shows, um, across across acro- across different genres that that ha- that have the same idea of take this person, boil it down to just this one tiny little mechanism, take it away, that's it. Right. No, and that is something very interesting to talk about, but I just don't think the episode really one hundred percent delved in the way the more interesting elements of it. Versus sort of, uh, I think, just having fun with the idea. Right. Of course, yeah. Opportunity missed. Well, next up, we have Move Along Home. Now, uh, this episode sees uh, uh, Benjamin Sisko and company uh, ready to greet a new species from the Gamma Quadrant. But they do not want to talk politics. They want to play games. They are a gaming culture through and through. They go to Cork's bar, of course, and of course, after winning a ton, Cork has to cheat because he doesn't like seeing all his money go away. And he wants to go to bed. He wants to go to bed. He's tired. Doesn't want to see all his money go away. Um, so they catch him cheating, and uh, this race decides to play a game with Cork. Um, when Cork begins the game, he doesn't realize that the players are, in fact, Cisco, Bashir, Kira, and Lieutenant Dax, who get warped off of the ship into the game in what seems like a life-or-death game of riddles and risks and adventure and the like. And so we get a nice interesting moment halfway through where Quark discovers it's real. And he has to put aside either his, uh, his lust versus his desire to see his friends not die and for Odo to not murder him violently, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so it's an interesting episode with Quark and also an interesting kind of uh, episode with the unique idea of kind of virtual reality slash games because at the end we discover it's actually never in danger they were never going to die but the fear feels real and it feels like a real right. uh, situation so what do we think of this episode this episode was the inspiration for Sword Arts Online that's all I'm saying at least initially <laughs> at least initially that's all I'm saying <laughs> you want to explain what that is um, Sword Arts Online is another anime um, it, it's, it's, it's popular with some total drag for others um, uh, set, set, set in the near set in the near future um where 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 all, where all of these people, uh, uh, and all these people um, 
virtual virtual reality has like has basically gone to the next level, even 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 more than the Oculus that we have now. And so and so they and so they and so all these people playing this game, I forget what it's called. I actually think it's called Sword Arts Online. Um, hey, same same as the same as the show. They all they they all log in, but um, but unbeknownst to them, the creator of this game has made has made it so that they cannot log out. They like their 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 life is now in this game, and if they die if if they die in the game, they die in real life. And if anyone in real life tries to take off their 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 VR helmet, um, there 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 is there is um there is something in the helmet that will that will essentially fry their brain. Mm. It's kind of a matrix. Yeah, it's pretty matrix. Yeah, very matrix, very matrix. Interesting. Interesting. It's it's an interesting show. Yeah, I thought this episode was uh, was 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 fun. It is a fun little episode. Nothing too crazy about it, but uh, I thought the idea of a game you're playing where you think it's real um, is very interesting. Where you play with actual people, with people involved, and I also thought it was actually a game that kind of made sense. Like obviously, you can't really break it down 100. Like the roles obviously make no sense. Like why does one role do this and that? But yeah. kind of made sense where he says. With a, a shunt, I think he said. Keep saying shunt. Shop. Shop. You kind of got what a shop was. You kind of got what, like why one was bad and one was easy and one was good. I think my only issue is that I thought the riddles and stuff were kind of simplistic. Like you only really had two real riddles that were pretty easy to fix, and then right. um, just like a cave, like <laughs> so, yeah. just a mm-hmm. cavern. Yeah, hopscotch game. Yeah. So, what'd you guys think? Yeah, I, I liked it. I um, I don't know. It almost reminded me of something that Q would have done, you know, just yes, taking four yes. people and putting in this new environment with no explanation. Now figure it out. Oh, and by the way, your lives are in the hands of Quark. Who loves or money? Or the to be. with money. And I, I, I loved um, the, the reaction of the Wadi, the, uh, the um, new people they were interacting with at the end, when they bring them back and everyone's fine, and they're like, yeah, it's just a game. What, you didn't think we'd actually kill them, did you, lol? I, I thought that was really <laughs> funny. I was like, he's like, only children start on the first level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, yeah, we're not even giving you the easiest route when I can make this a tutorial. Right. for you, or you're gonna you're gonna do the real thing. And I like that they lose. I think that's kind of fun. Like uh, it is a game they don't know what they're doing, and Corp doesn't know what he's doing, and he takes a risk and it fails. I think that's kind of clever. I like that uh, that ending. Now, obviously, it's to also to play it that it's fake. You know that mm-hmm. they never were in any danger. But uh, I, I kind of like that uh, Cork actually loses, and you get a nice uh, uh, again very adorable Odo and Cork moment where he's like, "Don't you remember the groveling?" <laughs> something about cheating no it's actually a little bit sweet like maybe Cork cares a little bit about people besides himself he cares enough yeah he yeah I think he truly cared about them as people and there was a nice moment when he uh I think that the actor who plays Cork did a good job uh in the in the groveling moment you know he, he truly doesn't want to choose which person dies when he thinks they're actually gonna die like he, he can't do that which I think is very uh Interesting. I like the kind of clever way that they were like, we'll let the computer decide who, who dies. Mm-hmm. I guess uh-huh. I like picking one person, in this case Dax, to get like injured. So that was kind of clever. Yeah, I, I only wish that that in, that in the end, like, 
like when it was revealed when it, when it was revealed by the Wadi. Oh yeah, it's only a game. It's all fake. Don't worry. That that everyone was more pissed off with Quark, which initially they should be. I mean, yes, because he because he inadvertently dragged them into this into this mess when they all thought that they were gonna that they were gonna be killed. But it's like they weren't pissed off with the Wadi for dragging them into the into something that at the and, and like and basically like basically pulling their leg in the most vicious way possible. Yeah, that's some, like that's no some one PTSD was upset with them. They, they just got to leave, and it's like no, they just threatened, but not really threatened your life with the game. Yeah, no, it's it's Cisco gets to be very angry at the end, but you're right. Like as soon as like it's Quark's fault. Quark. And it becomes like uh, almost a. There's a there's a good um, sketch on the show uh, Mitchell and Webb mm. called Hennymore, and it's basically a parody of like 1970s sitcoms, and where he's like Hennymore, here's like one thing. It's like here's a pack of dogs that have to go to the rabies shelter, and here's a pack of dogs that are to be at my wife's dinner party. Don't mess them up, and they look like exactly the same. It's like a joke, and at the end, close, yeah. it cuts to everything being in cast, and he goes Hennymore. And that's how it felt at the end of this episode. You're right. It's like they went through a PTSD traumatic experience. They're like, fuck, you rapscallion. I've had it with your antics. I've had it. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if they, I thought there was going to be a joke about the gems. Because like they, I like the little bit where they're like, we have sticks. And he's like, sticks, okay. And then we have this nectar. That's disgusting. Mm. I thought they'd be like, why did you want our trash? Like I thought they would be, that was going to be the joke or something. Yeah. Like, that's like their fuel or something, mm-hmm. but uh, I didn't didn't come on. I like to also the cork at the end has to be like, mm, I can sell this game now. <laughs> this is a yes. good game. You make money off of this. Always thinking that. Always the swindler. <laughs> is there any significance to the word Alamoraine? Like, does it mean anything in real life, or is that just a made-up word in Star Trek? I think it's just a made-up word. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure how you'd even spell it. No, like I'm, like I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking at it right now. But I mean, I, but I don't think there is. I, I think it's really just something. I think it's really just something, something they made up for the sake, yeah. the sake of the game, uh, the game and the show. Okay. Cool. There was a. There, I uh, didn't there was know a if it like it. meant something in French or something like that. You know. No, I don't think so. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, if 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 our listeners know more than, more than we do, then they can certainly tell us. But uh, but no, but no, I think I think they just needed something that was like, that like was kind of foreign sounding and and had and had a rhythm to it, and Alan Moraine fit the bill for them. Yeah, sounds good. No, I think so. Yeah, I think it's just sort of one of those uh, those things that you yell. You know, strike doesn't really mean much. I guess it kind of means yeah. something, but you know, it's like one of those things where like we have certain names. If you watched a game from another culture, you might be like, how are they talking about it? Mm-hmm. Apparently, this episode is Avery Books's one of his two least favorite episodes, apparently. Huh. I think almost entirely because he did not want to do that hopscotch scene. <laughs> I think I think Avery Books thought that was dumb. <laughs> Might be my guess as to I why he hates that. Episode. I mean... I don't, yeah, I don't love this episode, but I don't think it's terrible, personally. I think it's fun. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I, 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 I can see that though. Like, like, at least, at least, at least in the context of the, sh- at least in the context of the context of the show, um, Cisco is just like, why are we doing this? I don't want. Right, to do this. and I will say, like, his plot is very weird. Where they're just like, 
I have to talk to you about sex, young boy. And then they just kind of, you disperse. <laughs> you yeah, never they, just, they, they started that conversation and then they never finished it. And I feel like that would, I don't know, this is going to, I hope they bring this back at some point. Because, you know, a teenage boy, or a teenage human boy learning about sex from a, you know, teenage Ferengi <laughs> is going to be pretty great. That's <laughs> very true. So I was thinking that too, like, uh. Yeah, being on a space station where, like, random alien women or men or whatever your preference come by, that is interesting. <laughs> that that could be very weird for a sexual awakening mm-hmm. point in your life. Or very great. I don't know. I guess yeah. Depends on Star Trek interspecies breeding uh, concepts. So, yeah. That's, <laughs> so, yeah, I thought that was just a little I think it's part of it too. Is I will say it's like it's mostly a quirk episode. So I can yes. see also where it's like it starts out seeing like it's gonna be a Cisco episode and then completely he's just part of the game as long as everyone else. So far, I don't feel like they've overused quirk. Have you felt like that? Because I know it's sort of thing a lot of people say about Deep Space Nine is maybe too many quirk centric stuff. Are you getting tired of him at all? Or are you feeling like you're still like him? I'm. I'm not tired of him yet. Um... That being said, if they do keep using him as much as they've used him so far this se- this season, I could see myself getting tired of him. That being said, I, I do really like Armin Shimmerman, and I think he, he brings a lot to this character, so it, it might take a while for me to legitimately get tired of Quark. I agree. I haven't reached that point yet, but it's like a couple more, and I'll, and I'll start saying it's like, okay, we kind of saw this coming, we brought it up, can you please stop? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got tired of a few too many data episodes. Nothing that like ruins TNG, but there's just some of those characters that are just very fun and fan favorites. I understand when you have to make 24 episodes a season. You're like, eh, let's do like three Quark episodes. You know, like they kind of write themselves in a lot of ways, and they're kind of. I think they might be a little bit more easy to kind of come up with because mm-hmm. Quark is just naturally a very shenanigan inducing character. Yes. And. Data was always a very interesting, like, you know, um, what is Data going to learn today? What is he going to do in the holodeck? It's like why they yeah. like, I feel like every season they had, like, a card for TNG, and it had, like, three holodeck episodes. And that was just, like, their go-to, like, all right, let's, let's take a holodeck episode. You know, like, because I think it's one of those ones you're like, yeah, it wasn't mine for a lot of stories. So it's easy to kind of do, and I feel like Quark is a similar guy. He's always going to be doing something. Yeah. Kind of like, like a kind of like um the the first Teen Titans cartoon from from the from the two thousands, not the Teen Titans Go that's on Cartoon Network right now, and I refuse to watch because no. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But 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 how but how but similar to that, like kind of kind of how each season, um, overall, o- o- over overall, um, fo- fo- focused on one of the members, like fo- focused on one of the members in some way. One season it was Robin with Slade. Another another season was Raven with her dad. And one season, uh, the last season was Beast Boy with Terra, um, Cy- uh, Cyborg with um, the Hive, and and then uh, and then Starfire with her sister and 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 and, and, all, and all of her background. So, so it's, I mean, it's kind of like that. No, definitely. I feel like uh, I'm hoping the show gives a little bit more room for. I think we haven't learned much about Bashir or Kira. We haven't really done many of their episodes recently, so I'm hoping we get back to them soon. Peter, do you have a crush on Bashir? A little bit. He's a handsome guy. He's cool. I want to see more of him. I mean, mean, like, I I mean, I mean, mean, like, and and more more context than just 
than, than just he hits on every single pretty woman he sees. Yeah, that's true. I feel like they've lessened that. He's not been hitting on Dax at all recently. That is and, true. Uh, mm-hmm. But that is but you're right. He still sees random people. Be like, eh. <laughs> he's, he, he's, he's like he's like a, Brock from Pokemon. Pretty woman. Oh Hello. My God. <laughs> <laughs> Peter with the anime references. Damn. Yeah, right. I, this is strange for me. Our, our our friend Jack, who listens to all these episodes, is a big anime fan. He's gonna be very happy. He's gonna be like, ah! actually, <laughs> that's, 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 that's probably why. Hi, Jack. I know you're listening. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's listening, so I need to prove myself. Please, senpai, oh. see me. Oh. Don't notice me, senpai. He's just gonna make you get on his anime podcast now. <laughs> he's like, you know these things. <laughs> I'm predicting Jackie's going to be writing us as soon as he hears this. Yes. Oh, yeah. Give it, like, three hours. (laughs) Enough enough inside baseball. So, uh, so yeah. Is there anything else to talk about uh, with Move Along Home? Uh, No, I mean, mean, I'm I'm good on Move Along Home. Yeah, I think we pretty much covered it. It was a game. We have these benevolent tricksters who make everyone (laughs) play the game. Um, and classic then the game ends. Uh, yes. I, w- I will. S- I will say though. I will say though. Consi- considering how the Wadi like sh- like showed up and they were like, "We want to play a game." Like like um, like Cisco kind of, Cisco kind of set up. I kind of set up that this wasn't going to be a normal first contact episode when he when he said in the beginning, like when like when they when they said then walked off and like we want to see Quark. How how he was like first contact is not what it used to be, and it's like okay, like are we gonna get more? Like now now that I'm thinking about it, like in this moment I'm thinking, are we gonna get more episodes like this where where first contact first contact with the species or or with the with the people is gonna be like slightly off? because they are coming through a portal through through a wormhole, so you know, like how how is the rest of first contact gonna be? No, it's true. There, there, there are two first contacts. They've been a, a alien race that hunts another alien race, and then they uh, very unorthodox. Uh, yeah, and then uh, people want to play games, not talk politics. So yeah, we, you're right. We I think the game of quadrant gives a lot of room to have like, hey, what is an interesting way someone would want to present themselves to the Federation in a way that is not easy right. or simple. Because because we gotta get more than just like a race that hunts and then and, the, and then a race that like forever has a Las Vegas mindset. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's, it's the thing with any space thing. It's like Star Wars has this too, but it's like every race is just like one kind of characteristic or thing, uh-huh. you know, about them. And it's like it's always been the weird thing about space is when you expand it out. I remember one Star Wars movie that like I'm gonna land on the north side of the planet. I'm like what? Right. That means like I would land in China to go to America, like but like everything becomes bigger and like abroad for that yeah, reason. Exaggerated. And so yeah, you're right. Like it's like, did these people just play video games all day? How do they make spaceships? How do they hmm. explore the galaxy? You know. Actually, yeah, you're right. How do they find time? <laughs> <laughs> they just like to do their thing. It's all a game uh, to them. It's all a game. Move along home. Mm, that's a. That's a eerie way to end this episode but I <laughs> so next time we'll be watching the nagus and vortex so season one episode 11 episode 12 so until that time we want to say thank you for listening if you like the show please rate and review it anywhere you can it really helps the show be found by others uh, be sure to listen next time. I will try to find actual intro and outro music. We kind of started this as a uh, 
as sort of a fun way between friends, and then we said, eh, let's just put it online, see if anyone discovers it. So might as well make it a little bit more, a little bit more polished, a little more shiny. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, please follow all of our other shows at TuscanShed.com, or check them out on iTunes or Stitcher or Facebook. Check us out. We're all over the place. We already got the lock on the social media thing. So until next time, we'll say thank you for listening, and we'll see you later. Bye. Thanks, everyone. See you guys.